Here's my conversation with Catherine Peterson. Catherine is a software engineer at GitHub working on projects to support the open source community. Catherine is two years out of a bootcamp and found her way to her dream job by sharing her projects on Twitter. In this conversation, we talk about how Catherine learned to code, got into open source, and how she landed her dream job at GitHub. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks, Catherine, for being here and talking to me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I want to kind of start at the beginning of your journey and just ask you something I don't know, which is obviously you're working as a software developer, but like what made you first interested in coding? I majored in industrial engineering, um, so it didn't really uh, have to do with software, but we did have like three or four programming classes we had to take. And it's funny because I think like all my other classmates like dreaded those classes. Like they were like the most hated classes in my major, but I actually really enjoyed them. Um, But I still like didn't think that I would like start coding as my career until I think. So I graduated in 2018 and then in 2019, I got an email about a coding bootcamp. And so this wasn't something I seeked out at all. Like I just uh, actually... Cal Poly, which is where I went uh, to college, they had this partnership with Full Stack Academy and they were like advertising this boot camp. And it was like the first time they were doing this boot camp. Um, and they sent an email about it. And I was just like, this looks interesting. Um, and I kind of just like on a whim decided to apply for it and like pass the little admissions test or whatever and ended up doing it. Um, so it wasn't even really something I like thought about for too long. I just ended up in that boot camp and then absolutely loved it and like immediately knew that I wanted to switch and do software full time. What was your boot camp experience like? It sounds like it was a really positive experience. It was. Yeah, I did it um it was online part time so I still had a full time job like working as an industrial engineer um at the same time so it was like nights and weekends. Um, So that was a little bit stressful in a sense, just like it was a very busy time um, for that six months. But I like loved every minute of it. And uh, actually the company that I was working for, they um, found out that I was doing this and they asked me if I wanted to do software for them right when I finished bootcamp. So I was able to like transition into a software role at the company I was already at. Cause they already, they didn't know if I could code really, but they already knew me and knew my work ethics. So they kind of let me and took that chance on me. I feel like there are a lot of people who want to do that at their current company. Like they would, they have a job and they would love to like transfer. So they essentially kind of saw that you were doing the coding bootcamp and said, if this is what you want to do, we're going to set you up in a developer role and you can switch within the company essentially. Yep, exactly. And that was great. Cause I, I know so many people who like, it takes them months or years, maybe even after a boot camp, to find that first role because that's always the hardest one to get, right? Um, yeah. But so I feel super lucky that I was able to do that. And I think um, like a lot of people could probably take advantage of that because these days, like almost every company needs developers. Um, even if you're in a totally different role, like many companies have software roles. Yeah. I think that's very true. And if you showed your work ethic, then it seems like it wasn't, it sounds like you didn't reach out to them and say, Hey, can I transfer into this role? But they said, you're interested in this now and you're a really valuable employee, even though your current role has nothing to do with software development specifically. 
Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even reach out to them. I actually just assumed I would like probably look for another job after somewhere (laughs) else because they didn't have like a huge software department or something. They just had like a couple of projects that they wanted to do. Um, So yeah, but they, they like, I told one of my coworkers about this thing I was doing on the side and then they told my manager and it kind of got around and they were like, oh, that's awesome. Like we totally want you to do that. What was that first experience like, like going into that job and switching roles like that? The same company, but obviously like a, a whole new world of development. Yeah, to be honest, that one, it was challenging because I, they didn't have like a software team. They more just like, they had some projects they wanted to do. And then they had um, like a contractor that they were working with. Um, so there wasn't anyone in the company to kind of mentor me. And so that was really hard as my first role. And I actually um, ended up about six months after that, um, finding a new job, which was kind of an interesting story. It was um, this super early startup that was developing a mental health app. Um, And I actually heard about about it on a podcast. um, And I knew like, that it was something I really cared about. So I sent them an email and was like, oh, like, I just really care about what you're building and I'm a new developer um, and I'd love just to get more experience working on real world things. So can I help you just like in my free time? Like I have a full-time job, but like, I'd love to be part of what you're building. And so I did that and I wasn't planning on turning that into a full-time job, but then I got along so well with the team And a few months later, they ended up um, wanting to bring me on full time. So I left that initial job for this startup um, because I was surrounded by a lot more senior developers who could mentor me more and give me uh, more opportunities for growth. So you started working for them, kind of doing work part time, like at night, and then Mm -hmm. were you being um, paid? No, not at that time. Yeah, I did that for free just um, because they were like pre, they weren't even like technically a company yet. They were just like starting to build this app. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. So you found something you thought this is a really cool app to work on that I'm excited about. So you essentially cold emailed them out of nowhere. Yeah. And then they said, yes, sure. Sounds great. Um, And so you worked on it for the side for a little bit. And then what happened? Did they eventually say, hey, we want you to come in full time because you're doing so much good work? Yeah, pretty much. It's funny, like the first time I talked to them, well, when I first emailed them, I honestly thought they wouldn't even respond. (laughs) I remember like I like drafted up the email and I showed my fiance and I was like, does this sound dumb? Like, I don't think I'm going to send this. And he was like, the worst that happens is they say no or they don't answer. And I was like, okay. And then they did end up being like, okay, yeah, like we can talk. And I remember uh, like the initial thing he told me was we don't really have time to like mentor someone junior and like get them up to speed because we're like a super small team but then he was like okay like let's give it a try and so I did like a few just like small things and I remember I just like tried to knock them out really fast and like prove myself kind of and then they just kept giving me like more and more little things to do and eventually they were like yeah like you're awesome like we would love to like hire you as like our first engineer basically That's so cool. I feel like I had kind of a similar experience where I wanted to get my first job. And then I, I picked like five startups that I thought were really interesting. And I cold emailed them. And I was like, I would 
kind of be on a volunteer basis, um, work for you. I think what you're doing is really cool. And then kind of the same situation, I went into a small team and then eventually they were like, we're, we can start paying you in, in a few months. Um, and it's kind of, I think it's like almost a sensitive topic because a lot of people will say like, no, you should not be ever working for free, but it was yeah. an app. It was almost like a, a nonprofit in a way, because it was an app that I really cared about and thought was really interesting. Almost like I viewed it as open source, essentially. It's it's kind of like a free boot camp in a sense, like you pay to go to boot camp and in your free time, um, like learn extra stuff. But so I kind of viewed this as that as like a learning opportunity, not like me doing free work, but yeah. And I, and I think it's also like a low risk way for a company to kind of test you out for a little bit. But I, I, I do agree that like doing that for like a long term, like there's a point where that becomes like problematic. Yeah, definitely. I saw mine the same way. It was like an apprenticeship where I was looking, I needed a mentor and I was looking online at mentors that are like $80 an hour or a hundred dollars an hour. And I was thinking like, I really can't afford this at the moment. Yeah. Um, and so when I was there, I had, you know, a, a team lead who had tons of years of experience, like helping me for free every single day. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like I learned so much more than I did learning on my own as well. Yeah. It's so valuable early on. Like I think later in my career, I'd probably like never do that again, kind of, but like (laughs) early on, like people don't know if you can actually code, like you kind of have to take that step to prove yourself and meet people. Yeah. And I feel like cold emailing um, is a really good, I feel like no one's really taught how to cold email, but it's a really good secret weapon when you're looking for a job or trying to get involved rather than just applying to people or applying online where no one ever sees your resume. And I think it's helpful to like, not just be like randomly cold emailing everyone you find online, but like really find the things that like you care about. So you can really tell them like, there's a reason I'm emailing you and it's because I really care. Yeah. Do you think that's kind of what, what got them to want to take you on and say, yes, we want to dedicate the time to like mentoring you and bringing you here. Was it that you showed you cared or do you send like any part of your code, like here, this is what I can do. Or was it more of just like, I'm really passionate about this and I want to help. Yeah. It really was just that I was really passionate about it and wanted to help. Um, I, like I sent my resume, but I didn't, I didn't have that much like public code other than like stuff out of my boot camp. Um, but no, it was mostly just, uh, proving myself code-wise as I went. You were talking about in your first job where you pretty much had to mentor yourself. And I feel as if I've definitely been there too. Um, And I get messages from people who are kind of saying they're on this really tiny team or they're the only developer and it's their first job. And there's a lot of imposter syndrome. Um, Like what advice might you have for someone who like pretty much unfortunately has to be their own mentor basically in their career right now? Yeah, I think that's a super tough position to be in. But I mean, I would just tell people to just know that that's totally normal to like feel that imposter syndrome and feel kind of lost. And like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, maybe you don't know if you made the right decision, like getting yourself into that position. Um, And I don't know, I think it just takes time. But like, you can figure anything out. Like, that's always what I tell myself, like, even if I don't know something right now, like, I believe in my ability to learn it. Um, and if you're in a position where you don't have people around you to mentor you and help you, like if that's not in your job, like maybe on the side, you can find people on Twitter. I'm in like Slack communities and discord communities where I found people who I could like at any time go in there and be like, Hey, like, 
is anyone available to help with this or does anyone know how to do this or have experience with this? Um, and I think there's there's other ways to find um, that mentorship. And sometimes it helps just to have like someone to talk through things with. So like really finding a way like to surround yourself with other developers can be super helpful. Yeah, I agree. And I love what you said about you can figure out everything. Um, mm-hmm. That was advice given to me by um, like my friend and mentor, Jay. And he was always saying that even though at first you'll get a ticket and it seems really overwhelming and like you have no idea how to build this thing, like everything the company hands you, you can figure out eventually. Yeah. Uh, I think that's yeah. really good to keep in mind because it can seem like you can't when you're just getting started. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to talk about your project, your open source project, uh, README. Um, for anyone who's listening and they kind of haven't heard about it yet, could you give an overview about like what it is? Yeah, so it's readme.so and it's basically a, a just online editor uh, to create README markdown files. Um, so it essentially has like a list of different sections you could add to your README. Like this is how you install the app and this is how you run it locally. Like this is a description. Um, and so you can kind of click on all the sections you want. And then there's some markdown templates for each one to kind of give you an idea of what would normally go in that type of section. And then you can fill out your markdown right in an editor online um, and like drag and drop to rearrange them. And then you can like export that file in the end as a readme to put on your GitHub profile and your repos. I, yeah, I used it recently um, and I think I found it and then I found you like, oh, you're the creator of this thing. And it was super helpful. Like creating readmes can be just really messy and it's awesome to like have a template to make it so much easier because you need it for every project you do. Yeah. Um, but like, how did you get that idea for it? Yeah, I got that one because I was making a readme um, at my job at that startup. Um, I We like it was like months into the project and it had like no readme on the like main repo. So I, I wanted to make one and I ended up Googling for a bunch of example readmes and just kind of being like, okay, like this section from this one is like kind of relevant. And I would like pick and choose pieces from different ones that I found online and then kind of customize them to make it my own. And I had like a bunch of tabs open and it was just like not a great process. Like, I don't know how other people normally would do it. Like maybe some people like after a while you kind of just know what to put on there but my method was just to like look at other readmes (laughs) and then like piece them together so when I was doing that I I was like there's has to be a better way and so I I keep like a notion doc that has a list of app ideas basically um so I just added it on there and then it was like a few months later that I ended up actually building it but that's like a kind of uh, always running list that I have of ideas that come to me. How do you come up with ideas? And this is really interesting to me because I actually get a lot of people messaging me saying that they have no ideas and they're not sure like how to really get an idea for a good app they want to build. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes I've tried in the past to like sit down and be like, I want to build something. Like I, I need to come up with an idea And I don't think that's ever like gotten me success. Like for me, it's been just like doing my normal like day-to-day life and then identifying problems in it. Like, like that read me thing, like I pointed out where sometimes I'll just be like scrolling Twitter and like someone's complaining about something 
being like more difficult than it should be. So things like that, like those are opportunities. And a lot of times, like maybe right now I'm really busy, so I don't have time to actually solve that problem. But so that's why it's helpful, I think, to like keep a list. So at any point when I do have time to build something, I can look at that list and be like, what what feels inspiring to me right now? Like, what do I, what could I build out of these ideas? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like looking for what people are complaining about or what are problems you're having in your life. It's so mm-hmm. much more likely to find ideas that could really be solving a solution people want rather than just sitting down and thinking like what idea could be interesting and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, uh, like products that you see people using, but they have like a couple complaints about it. Like, can you make that same product, but like execute it better so that people don't run into those issues. Right. Yeah. Looking at it and thinking like, what, what do people hate about using this? And if I could recreate this without that or with something better added to the app that would make it more enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Can you talk more about, so you had the idea and then you said you didn't really build it for a few months. Is that right? Yeah. So I actually, when I ended up building it, I, I had a like three day weekend and I had, um, I had planned a trip and it ended up falling through with some friends. So I, I didn't end up going on that trip. So I had already taken off one day of work. So I had this like three day weekend free and I literally was like, Oh, like I could just code a lot this weekend. Like that sounds fun. (laughs) So I looked through my list and I, I was like talking through it with my fiance who he's also a developer he did like the same boot camp as me like a year after me, I think. Um, so he's a little earlier on. But yeah, I was kind of talking through the different ideas and I was like, I think I could make this one in a weekend, like this little readme generator. Um, and I had some like notes I had jotted down in Notion on like what my idea was for it. Um, and I actually like had a more features planned for it, I think, than there even are still now, like different templates and things. And Um, I was like, how can I like make this as simple as possible to like basically be able to build an entire MVP and release it in like one weekend. So I kind of like made it as simple as possible where it would still be useful. Um, And then I built it that weekend in two days, released it on Twitter. And then some people started replying. I know someone responded and was like, oh, this would be like a great product hunt product. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'll do that. And then I like released it on product hunt on Monday, like the next day. <laughs> God, that is so uh, cool. That's like one of the coolest things a developer can ever do. Like that you had this idea, you built it up in a weekend and then you put it out there. And now like so many people are using it um, and it's helping them. I never, I honestly never expected like anyone necessarily to use it other than me. Like I tend to just share what I'm doing on Twitter just because, but like, I didn't expect, I expected people to look at it and be like, oh, cool. But like the fact that like thousands of people have used it, like is crazy. So you realized, okay, if I just want to do this in one weekend, then I'm going to have to take away a lot of these cool features that you wanted to add. Um, so it sounded like you just wanted to do it in one weekend, first of all, because you were like, I have this extra weekend. Um, was there any other reasons why you wanted to do it so quickly? You weren't thinking, okay, I'll you know do this over a month. You were just thinking, what is something I can get done this weekend? Yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of noticed like people like joke about and like talk about all the time, like all their unfinished side projects, right? Like I think a lot of times people will get like bursts of motivation where they're like, 
oh, like I'm going to build this super cool thing. And maybe you do like for one weekend, get like really into it and you get it halfway done. And then like, you never get back to it again. And like, by the time you go look at it again, you don't even remember how the code works and all that. And I had done that a few times before. So I think it's better, like, instead of having this like huge idea of like all these things you're going to add to it and then building it halfway and never releasing it. Like it's better to build something like very simple that's still useful and actually release it because then it like actually becomes useful. Um, so that that was a big reason why I wanted to simplify it so that I would like stay accountable to myself of like actually and also once you once you release something like and you have people using it like that's motivation to keep adding to it. Yeah, I think that's really helpful maybe for people who have all these unfinished side projects and they want to have something out and complete just like first of all figuring out what's the MVP and Mm -hmm. then maybe setting a deadline for yourself too like I'm gonna finish this you know very small MVP of what I want to build yeah yeah I think like at work we're used to having deadlines and stuff but people don't often give themselves deadlines for things like a side project because it's just for fun or something but like sometimes if you're too loose on deadlines like that, like it just never ends up actually getting done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important too, like you said, to you've stripped away all the features that you didn't necessarily need. And then suddenly this giant project can seem like, oh, I could actually finish this pretty quickly, right? Was it tricky to figure out like, what do I, what features can I take away? Like, what is the MVP? Was that hard or was that pretty easy? Um, it wasn't too hard for this particular product. I would say like I had a, my initial vision of it was fairly simple. Um, like when I came up with the idea, it basically was just what it is now where it's like, okay, there's different sections and you can add them to your readme. Um, it was like, once I started kind of discussing it that I came up with like all these grand ideas of what it could be. Um, but it wasn't too d- difficult to be like, okay, like what was the original thing that I wanted to make that was like simple enough? Yeah, definitely. You sat down, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this project over the weekend. What was like the first thing that you did once you knew, okay, like I have this idea, here is the MVP. I like to design things before I code. I know some people just like jump right into coding, um, but I like to like at least have a sketch. So for this one, uh, I just did like an Excalibur sketch, which is like a pretty low fidelity tool. So sometimes I'll do like a full on Figma design where it's like almost like pixel perfect to how I want it to end up. But this one was just like a very rough sketch of like what I wanted on each page. Um, I think I actually posted screenshots of the sketches on Twitter once. But yeah, it's it's funny because it actually like the website still to this day like looks pretty close to those original sketches. Yeah, I actually saw those. and I thought it was really cool to see like your kind of sketch and here's the bare bones of this project. And then, you know, seeing it in real life. What did you do from there? Did you look at it and kind of break it up? Kind of like how we do as developers, like here are, you know, 10 tickets I'm going to create for myself. Or did you kind of just go for it? I think I did actually break it up into, I think I made like some GitHub issues for myself. Um, just for like the basic tasks. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like they're working on a new project and they're really excited about it, but then 
they get stuck and they're just like, I don't know how to build part of this. And, you know, maybe that causes them to get, to give up. Um, did that happen? Like when you were creating this project? Um, I tend to, I mean, like I said before, like I tend to not ever think like this can't be done. Like, even if I don't know how to do it, I'm like, okay, like I could figure it out or I could find someone or something online maybe that could help me figure it out. So like, like I had never taken user input and like rendered it into Markdown or anything. Um, so that was something new, but I just, you know, found like a library online that could help me out. And then I had um, like a couple of friends that I met on Twitter and I'm now in Slack groups with them, like helped me out uh, building, like they told me about the Monaco editor, which is the editor I use on the website that it basically gives you all the like keyboard shortcuts as VS code. Um, so I kind of got input from friends and just a lot of Googling and looking stuff up online. Yeah. I want to talk about that for a second in terms of Twitter and things. Cause you kind of said earlier that you didn't expect people to really use this, right? You thought, okay, maybe they're going to look at it, but you just put it out there because that's what you do. You put things out there. Um, you share them on Twitter or other places, like what made you start wanting to share those things in the first place? So I had been on Twitter for years, like since high school, but like on a different account. And that was just like my personal account that I'd had since high school. Um, so I didn't like tweet about anything developer related, um, but I started like following developers just because I was interested in what they had to say. But I like, I didn't really feel like I could speak up because my followers were like people from high school who like don't care about this stuff so I like always felt kind of weird so I guess I like was kind of a lurker in the dev community on Twitter so I decided I was like I I have stuff to say about this stuff that they're talking about but like I feel weird doing it here so I ended up making a brand new account from scratch and just making it like my developer account um and then following a bunch of developers and then I started tweeting and it's just fun like it's it's fun, like how many people I've found who like care about the same things that I do. And it's fun to like share my work and people like give really awesome feedback. I don't know. I don't, I mean, yeah, I guess I was just sharing it for fun. Like I wasn't expecting to get anything out of it. I know sometimes when I'm putting out a new project, I feel a little bit scared to share it. Um, how do you kind of deal with that? Or maybe someone who's listening where they want to start sharing their projects on Twitter or in Slack groups, but they're a bit apprehensive about putting their work out there for people to see. Yeah, it, it is scary. Like I definitely have that, like the moment before I click send, like kind of being nervous. And then it's like, if no one responds or likes it right away, it's like, man, this just like totally fell flat. Um, but no, I mean, I think what I would say is most people are really supportive and really nice. Like I've been pleasantly surprised with like the the feedback that I've gotten on my projects has been like overwhelmingly positive. Like, like people will think it's way better than I think it is. Like, I'm like, this is just like some super simple, basic thing. Like, it's not great. Like, trust me. But like people, I don't know, people appreciate you putting yourself out there and sharing that. And it's a project that you built for fun. Like if it's, if it's like a free product or something, like people can't really complain about that like and I try to just like take any any 
other or like maybe negative feedback as constructive, right? Like I'm just trying to get better. And I mean, people's constructive feedback has been really awesome and it's been able, it's allowed me to make the product better. Can you talk a little bit more about what happened when you did publish it and share it and like, yeah, what started happening? Yeah. So I think when I first posted it, maybe like a few hundred people liked it and like people were commenting, but it was really, I want to say it was like two weeks later that GitHub tweeted about it. And that was when like, it really blew up. Like I started, that was when I like lost control of my Twitter notifications. (laughs) Like, and I still, to this day, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I now work at GitHub and I don't know like how they found it or who like tweeted that. Um, but yeah, they, they tweeted about it, just like check out this project and they, they tagged me in it and stuff. Um, so it started getting tons of video visitors on the site. Um, and yeah, I ended up like adding analytics to it right then. Cause I was like, man, I wonder how many people are visiting the site. And I think right now it's, it's over 200,000 right now, the last time I checked. Um, but yeah. And then I think a little bit after GitHub tweeted about it, someone posted it on Hacker News. It wasn't me, but it ended up like, I think it got to number two, but it was like on the homepage for like a day. So it kind of blew up a little bit then too. And then like Sarah Drasner tweeted about it. So like kind of these bigger accounts and stuff Mm -hmm. started posting about it. And that was when like it started just getting thousands of visitors. Um, And then that's what eventually led GitHub to DMing me about a job. Yeah. I want to talk about that in a second. Um, it, it was also on product hunt. Can you talk like a little bit about that process of when it was going up on product hunt as well? Yeah. Yeah. So that was right in the beginning, like before all these people started tweeting about it. Um, it was someone suggested to me that it would be good. Um, and I basically just like wrote up the little description and scheduled it for like that Monday. Um, and it's funny because I actually like once it went live, I had a friend of mine from Twitter like DM me and he was like, um, just so you know, like you should have posted it at midnight because then it has 24 hours to like get ranked number one or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Oh, well next time. And he was like, no, really? Like, I think you should take it down and like repost it another day. And I, <laughs> I like considered it. Um, but then at the same time, I was like, it's a free product. It's not like I'm like trying to start a company here or anything like it's not a big deal. So I left it, but it's funny. Cause he basically like, and he was like, you need a longer description, blah, blah, blah. Cause I guess he had done a lot of research on this on like how to do a successful product hunt launch. So apparently I did everything wrong and I <laughs> could have had a lot more upvotes had I done things correctly. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's still done okay on there, I think. And I think some people have discovered it from there, but lesson learned, I guess, for next time that there's a lot of research you can do on how to rank well on product. Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. What is it like now that people are contributing to the project too, and you have to deal with things like, you know, getting PRs and people wanting to solve issues or create things. What is that like? Yeah, it's more overwhelming than I thought it would be. Um, this was another, literally someone replied to a tweet of mine and was like, oh, hey, like, is this open source? Cause, or they like suggested a feature and then they were like, if it's open source, I can do it for you. 
And I was like, wow, genius. Like that would save me so much work. I have all these features I want to add. And these people are just going to do it for me for free. Like what a great deal. And I, I really thought it was like that simple. <laughs> so I just like made it public and made it open source. Um, and people started contributing. <laughs> but I didn't anticipate how much work maintaining an open source project is. It's kind of funny now because I think that is kind of like well known, but I guess I was like totally naive about that because um, like reviewing code and like managing all the issues, like there's constantly people submitting issues, then I kind of have to like respond and decide if that's something that I do want to add or like how we should add it or like design decisions, stuff like that. Like at the end of the day, I'm like still kind of the final say and I'm the one who has to like merge things in and review things. Um, so it's actually become like kind of hard to keep up with. Um, and I've had people like submit pull requests and then like literally the same day message me on Twitter and be like, can you review my PR and merge it? And I'm like, I have a full-time job. <laughs> like this is a side project. Like give me a second to get to it. Um, so yeah, that's been, it's been kind of overwhelming. Yeah. I think I always read about how hard it is to be like a maintainer and how overwhelming it is, but I don't know if you ever can actually get it until you experience it for yourself. Like you are now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like most people who are maintaining open source projects, it's kind of like a thankless job. Like it's a lot of them like have other jobs or like other things that they need to do, but then there's people relying on these projects. Like I, I feel pretty like lucky that mine's, pretty like low stakes in a way like it's not like if if my site went down it wouldn't like take someone else's site down or something um I've had people get mad at me that like they accidentally refreshed the page and then lost their whole readme that they worked on for a couple hours and stuff like that so there is like that pressure but it's not like react or something <laughs> yeah it's wild to think people are messaging you though like hey I just put up a PR on the exact same day like look at that yeah oh, my goodness yeah, I've only had a couple people do that, but it is kind of like, I'm so busy, like I'm stressed. <laughs> um, I want to talk about your job at GitHub. Um, so I think from like my view and from um, like a lot of people on Twitter, we kind of saw that, you know, GitHub tweeted your project, they're sharing it, they think it's awesome. Um, and then I think, I don't know the exact timeline, maybe it was a few weeks and you could correct me, but then you ended up accepting a job at GitHub, which is so cool. Can you talk more about like fill in the blanks of what happened there? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's still like a dream to me. I, they tweeted about that and then I retweeted GitHub's tweet, just like super excited. <laughs> and then a little bit after that, uh, what ended up being my hiring manager, he DM'd me on Twitter and he was like, oh, I saw your tweet and how excited you were over GitHub tweeting about your project. Like, would GitHub be somewhere you would be interested in working? And I was like, yes, 100%. <laughs> and so he sent me like the job description that he was hiring for. Um, and it's like on an awesome team and basically asked me to interview. And I went through their basically normal interview process and ended up getting hired. I think the whole thing took like a few weeks, but that was really all it was, was that he uh, saw GitHub's tweet about my project and then just reached out. Yeah. So you saw that you were passionate about like things that GitHub would do or has done or wants to yeah. do. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's helpful too. I know 
like during the interview process, um, they like told me, oh yeah, like there's a lot more that we could probably be doing for readmes like natively in GitHub. Um, like they have some things like they have it like automatically creates a table of contents based on your headers and your readme and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I think it helped that the project that I built was something helpful for developers because that's like obviously their whole mission. Yeah, I feel like they could tell you're really passionate about it because you're creating this project. Yeah. Can you talk more about um, like what your team works on? Yeah, so I'm actually on the communities team, which they have different projects like uh, the GitHub feed, your profile, discussions. And then the project that I'm actually working on now is GitHub sponsors, which is for open source maintainers. Like basically it allows organizations and and users to sponsor each other, um, which is, it kind of relates to what I said about like how hard it is to maintain open source and like how these people are spending a lot of time on this, but they're like not really getting recognized for it. Like this is a way to make uh, like open source a real like full-time opportunity, like where you can make it your full-time job. Yeah, that seems so important. It seems like this problem that we've had for a long time, and this seems like it could be a really good solution where you're actually getting paid for some of, you know, the, the work you're doing. Can you talk a little bit more about like what the interview process was like? Yeah, it was, let's see, I think it was like four or five interviews total. In the end, I like met with the hiring manager and the recruiter, and then it was a take-home technical uh, project. And actually, I was surprised. My specific one was not coding. Like, they never saw me code before hiring me. It was like, it, it basically, the prompt was like, how this is if this was a feature that we were thinking of implementing like how would you go about it like uh like how would you what would you propose as a solution and like how would you implement it um and so i wrote up like a markdown file of like this is how i would architect it and this is how i would like test it and this is how i would like measure if it was successful or not um and so it was just basically like a written technical assessment And then I met with a couple engineers on the team and kind of reviewed it and we talked through it. Um, And that was basically it. There were some like culture fit interviews. Um, They do like a diversity and inclusion interview, which is really awesome. Um, Cause they, they like really stop and make sure like everyone who joins knows that that's like a priority and a value for them, which I think is really, really awesome. Um, And yeah, that, that was it. Do you have any other tips or advice for someone who like wants to build a project like this, but really hasn't yet, but, you know, is excited about it and just isn't really there? Yeah. I mean, I would say just go for it. And like, it doesn't really matter how ready you feel. Like I would say like this project, like from a technical standpoint, it was pretty simple. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like undersell it, I guess, but like it was, it, it doesn't even have like a database or like a backend. Like it's, it's very simple. Like it's just like in your browser, like it doesn't have, a project doesn't have to be technically complicated for it to be useful to someone. So even if you only have like basic front end skills or something like that, like that doesn't mean that 
you can build something that could be useful for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, just like, don't underestimate yourself and your own ability to figure things out. And also, I mean, we kind of talked about this, but I wouldn't be scared to share it. Like people are so supportive and as people are like very understanding too, if, if you're early on in your career. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people are really scared, especially when those people are newer developers, because I think that they think, or at least I had this thought too, when I was getting started, which was, oh, I'm going to be sharing like a bunch of garbage code. Why would I put this out there? Um, But I think to your point, like one, everyone is really, really supportive. And then two, um, I think other people are kind of, you know, living their own lives and they're probably not going to care as much about it as you think. So maybe you'll post some stuff and no one will really comment. And that's okay though. It's, it's okay to just put it out there and keep going, I guess. Yeah, 100%. And that was something I was scared about when I did open source it. Cause it's a totally different thing. Like people actually digging through your code is like another level from them just like seeing what you built. Um, and I was scared, but like no one honestly has said anything about my code. Like people aren't like looking through code to like tear other people apart. <laughs> I think they have better things to do. Like there might be some people sometimes, but like that really is just their, their issue. Like if they're spending their time doing that. Yeah. And I feel like it's a good habit to get into like sharing your code because I think there is the fear of like, Oh, someone's going to tear my code apart or maybe it's bad code, but getting into that habit of sharing it can be so good because then if there is criticism and hopefully it's only constructive criticism, that's going to help you. Uh, that's so good, right? Because then maybe a more senior engineer could look and say, hey, I'll help you. And here's something you could have done better or a more junior engineer could learn from it. So yeah, that, yeah, that really is how you learn. And I don't know, like I, when I see more junior people's code that maybe I know like a method that you could have used to save like 10 lines of code or something, I'm not like judging their code. Like we all go through that process. Like I have if I looked at old code from years ago, like it would probably be like, man, I know a way better way to do this now. But everyone understands like that's that's the learning process. Like you you figure out a way that works. So you code it the way that works. But yeah, like maybe there's a better way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like this conversation is just making me want to go like take all my projects and put them everywhere now, which I don't usually Yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> For anyone who's watching um, and they want to follow you or find your work, where can they go? Yeah, I think the best place to find me would be my Twitter, which is at Catherine Codes. Um, and then if you want to look at my projects, uh, you can go to my GitHub, which my handle is OctoCatherine, which is a play on OctoCat, which is GitHub's mascot. I actually, like, obviously I changed it when I joined. Um, they told me like, oh, your handle's super important. Like people call each other by their handles, like not their names. And also like they put it on your jacket. Um, and I had my, my handle was like Catherine Peterson, my full name. And I'm, I'm getting married this year. So I'm going to change my last name. So I was like, oh no, I need to change my handle. Anyway, yes, <laughs> GitHub uh, at OctoCatherine. And then you can go to readme.so if you want to check that out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely link to your project. Uh, Congratulations on your upcoming wedding too. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me.